What's up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to episode number 32 of the Review Point podcast, coming to you, of course, from fanboysanonymous.com. I'm your host, Tony Mango, and I'm flying solo today because, unfortunately, not many people really wanted to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles out of the shadows. That is my target for this edition, so I figured I would still give you the breakdown of the hits and the misses of the movie, at least from my point of view, and there's a couple of different things I want to talk about. Before I get started, though, I need to preface this a little bit. I'm going to try not to spoil all that much, but there are going to be some spoilers. So if you have not seen the movie yet and you're a part of the few people that actually do want to see the movie, then go ahead and bookmark this, watch the movie, come back and check it out a little bit later on. Or if you kind of don't care, then you can go ahead and listen to this either. Or maybe this is the type of thing that my hits and my misses are going to determine whether or not you want to see the movie. So whatever the case may be, just want to put it out there. You may be spoiled in certain ways. And, uh, you know, I'm going to try my best just not to make it too spoilerish. You know, the, this exactly happens in this point and so on and so forth. But uh, breakdown of the hits and the misses can kind of go either way. I talked about this a little bit in my Minuteman review, which if you want a more uh, short version of this, check out the Minuteman review too. That's only 60 seconds long. This is going to go on for however long it needs to go on. But um, I liked the movie, and I also didn't like parts of it, but overall I ended up liking the movie, and I'm going to kind of bury the lead here. I'm going to give this a hit if I had to go for hit or miss. Now, I do have to also say I was a big fan of the original series. I loved the animated series when I was a kid. The 1990 movie is still above and beyond my favorite out of anything Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles related. And I can rewatch that movie all the time. It seems like it still hasn't really hurt any kind of like credibility for it. I know I just watched it the other day again for the fan tracks that we did. Again, go ahead and check that out. Just a whole lot of plugs in the beginning of this. But uh, yeah, if you are somebody who grew up like that, you're probably going to enjoy this quite a bit because a lot of this is based off of the animated series. So much so that I actually felt like I was watching a movie written by people who specifically had watched the animated series as a kid. And to quote something I said in the Minuteman review, this is almost exactly the type of movie that I would have written if somebody said to me, look, you need to write a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that's following up after the first one where you have to kind of stay in the same world, which unfortunately some of those problems are still kind of going along. And I'll get into those when I start getting into the uh, the misses and stuff. But what would you like to do if you had control here? Okay, well, I'm going to write this part, this part, this part. If I go down a checklist, it's pretty much going to be the same type of movie. Uh, one thing to talk about that I liked a lot, a big hit when it comes to this, Casey Jones. I said right after watching the first movie out of this this new reboot, okay, well, Casey Jones has to be in the next film. It's just a guarantee. He has to be in the next film because he wasn't in the first one. He should have been as far as I'm concerned but he has to be in the next one. Uh, Stephen Amell is a great actor that I'm a big fan of. I unfortunately don't watch the show Arrow anymore because of just the writing on the show and the decisions that they've made in season two or season three and season four. Nowhere near as good as season one and season two. So uh, that kind of sucks, but when he was announced as Casey Jones, big fan of that, he ended up being a really good part of this movie. I really liked how he was a cop and that they did a little storyline of him kind of being like a vigilante on the side. That was cool. Could have used a little bit more of him in the mask, more so than just him being Stephen Amell in a hoodie. 
But, uh, you know, gun to my head, I'm going to go with a, a hit here. And it's not even a hard call either because Casey Jones is a character who pretty much exists as a masked vigilante that works with the Ninja Turtles and is funny and is charming. And he hit the nail on the head on every single one of those aspects. Another thing that I'm going to have to give a big hit to, Bebop and Rocksteady. They are two characters that, again, I was like, well, we got to have Bebop and Rocksteady in here. And I always kind of uh, was annoyed at the idea that in Secret of the Ooze, you basically could have had Bebop and Rocksteady there. And instead they had Toka and Raza, or Raza and Toka, or I can't remember their names offhand. Um, But those were like Airsats, Bebop, and Rocksteady. And it was like, damn it, man, you could have just gone with those two. So we finally get them on the uh, screen right here. And it's good. Now, I'm a WWE fan. If you don't follow the Smart Count Moment channel, then you don't know that necessarily. But Sheamus is rock steady in this. And I actually don't like Sheamus all that much. Uh, there's a running gag that I tend to not pay much attention to running uh, matches that are going on with Sheamus. It's just something I've, I've kind of grown to tune him out a little bit. And I was worried that I would hate him in this movie. But I liked him a lot. And I'm really looking forward to him continuing this character going into the third one, which I assume they're making a third one. They kind of made it seem like they wanted to do a third one. Why the hell not, right? Uh, The guy who plays Bebop, um, his name's escaping me right now. I'm not really familiar with him, but he did a good job too. Uh, My miss when it comes to Bebop and Rocksteady is something that's going to apply to a lot of these things. CGI. Holy shit, they look fake as hell in some scenes. And this applies to everything. The Turtles, Krang, Bebop, Rocksteady, the action, you know, you've got like the flying Technodrone and, um, you know, the the pieces are just kind of looking fake and all that. There's way too many fake looking things in this film. So a big miss for the CGI. They need to figure out a way to pull that off significantly better and not just like a little bit better they need to really amp their game up i can't tell much of a difference between this movie's cgi and the last one and that sucks because i hated the first movie's cgi uh i as much as i liked bebop and rocksteady here uh i also liked baxter stockman and it's weird to say that too because i don't like tyler perry but it seems like if tyler perry is in a movie where he's not like medea and all those I seem to like him. I don't I don't quite know what that is, but he was in um, Gone Girl, I think, and I ended up really liking him in that, and I like him in this one a lot, too. He's a weird casting decision, but he also makes perfect sense. And uh, I applaud them for going with him. You know, he adds some more star power to the movie. He had some different takes on some different things that I... If you would have told me on paper that he would have been you know, doing this, like, (laughs) kind of giggle thing, I would have been like, oh, crap, he's going to go campy, but it works, and, you know, I'm going to have to give him a big hit as well, I think Megan Fox took a step up in the right direction here, of course she's hot, so that's one thing, and there's going to be some criticism, of course, for the scene where she, and you, uh, you've seen this in the, the trailers and stuff, so I'm not spoiling anything with this, but, she is wearing a skimpy kind of outfit. She looks like she's like a, a Japanese schoolgirl or whatever like that. First off, I'm a guy. Of course I like that scene. Second off, though, it's not just a superfluous thing to show off some skin. She shows in that scene that she's got some investigative reporter skills, and it helps drive the plot, too, with Baxter Stockman. So they took a scene that could have been 
something that was just like this, you know, uh, eye candy, pointless kind of a thing that you see in a lot of like Michael Bay films. And again, this is not a Michael Bay movie as much as it's him influencing some parts of this. So people have to kind of separate that from from these two movies. They're not directed by Michael Bay. But you can see some Michael Bayisms in there. And that could have been one, but it ended up actually being a good scene for April O'Neil. She was smart in the scene. She's showing off her sex appeal to the audience, but also using it in a means to drive the plot. Big fan of that. Uh, I like that, that they changed up the cast a little bit here. No real need for Johnny Knoxville to be in this movie as a voiceover for Leonardo. I couldn't really tell that it was Johnny Knoxville last time around. Pete Plasic, I think is how you pronounce it. He is perfectly fine to voice Leonardo. There's nothing that bugged me about that whatsoever. And I think if that saved them a good chunk of money, good. All the more reason to do it. Could not tell the difference whatsoever between the replacement for Karai and, you know, okay... She was kind of like a, a, a pointless part of the movie anyway, but I like that she was in the movie too because she's Shredder's like number one number one girl, her, her girl Friday, I guess you could say. Uh, Brian T, much better Shredder. What sucks though, and here's one of my big, big, big negatives here, one of my big misses, Shredder doesn't fight in the end? What the hell, man? Not a single fight scene from Shredder against the Turtles? That's disappointing. So disappointing, especially because, and I'm going to go into another negative here, I don't like Krang. <laughs> like, I would want Krang to be in these movies. If you were to tell me, write a movie like this, as I mentioned earlier, I would have put Krang in it. But I've never been a big fan of the Krang character. I hate the voice. And the voice, if you really, really like the voice from the comics, or not from the comics, from the animated series, you're going to like the voice here because it's... It's not as nasally, it's not as whiny, but it's got the same kind of idea behind it. It's jokey, and little kids are going to be able to digest it a little bit more because he's kind of a gross-looking character, but if you give him a stupid voice, then he's easier to deal with. People aren't going to be scared. All the kids that were in the theater, I didn't hear anybody crying or anything like that. I did hear them you know, upset at Kylo Ren when I saw Star Wars, but I didn't hear them upset at Krang, so... You know, you're you're doing a good job when it comes to that, but I just personally don't like the Krang voice, and the character's kind of just blah. So, if you really like Krang, he's probably going to be on your hits. I don't like him, so he's on my misses. Uh, another miss that I have here is just a matter of dropped potential a little bit. I li- Since I like Baxter Stockman, I would have wanted to see him turn into a fly. Why not? And uh, there was a scene, and this is not too much of a spoiler, but again, earmuffs if you really care all that much, where Shredder tells him, nobody's going to know your name. You're going to be what you've always been. And I really wanted him to just be like a fly on the wall or an insignificant fly, and then for him to turn into a fly, and it kind of like goes along with it, you know? Um, but maybe that they're just saving that for the sequel, or the third film. I also still don't like this version of Splinter. I think that Tony Shalhoub's voice doesn't really fit that type of character from what I would like. The CGI, again, is just terrible. He looks so fake. I can't buy him as being photorealistic in the slightest bit. And uh, I also kind of don't like the the end battle was too similar to the first movie. It was almost exactly the same. Fighting on a rooftop in the daylight with some kind of technological thing that needs to be destroyed... 
it's retreading on the same ground. So I was disappointed in that. But in the same time, they bring in the turtle van. You know, they got the party wagon in here. So it's like for every hit and miss, they balance each other out throughout the entire movie. But here's a ricochet. This is a rare thing that I put in the middle of the hit and the miss. It's not quite a hit, not quite a miss, but it doesn't really count as a hit, that kind of a thing. I don't know about the serious tone. It kind of kills a little bit of the magic. And believe me, I'm somebody who curses all the time. I don't know how many times I've cursed on this podcast alone, but I like serious movies. I don't like campy movies. And it's just an odd anomaly. Like, I think the two original movies from back in my childhood would apply just as much nowadays as they would back then. Like, kids from 2016 would probably still like those two movies just as much as they did, you know, when I was a little kid. It's got the same type of appeal. And they might actually even have more of an appeal, uh, unless you're somebody who just kind of wants, like, the bells and whistles. You know, obviously the action in these movies now is so much more advanced than what it was back then because they couldn't do that back then with little rubber costumes and such. But uh, I got to look at this as, like, it's a little weird to see a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie where it's okay for them to be like, ah, shit, and stuff like that because it's like, I made such a big deal out of Raphael saying, damn, and now Casey Jones is like, oh, you know, he's basically just a, a scene away from going, Hey, Bebop and Rocksteady, why don't you go fuck off? <laughs> Which I'd be fine with, of course, but at the same time, it's a kid's movie. You kind of have to tone that stuff down, but it's just weird, man. Like, Megan Fox is super hot, and these kids aren't going to understand that. And you've got Judith Hogue and uh, Paige Turco, and they weren't being, you know, as sexualized and all that. So, again, I need to say this, too. I am not criticizing them for doing this. It's just something that throws me off a little bit. And I can't say it's a negative, because it isn't really. But I also can't say that that specifically is a positive. So it's a, a rare ricochet there. But, um, you know, when it comes to this movie, it's something that I have to tell people, you, you can't go into it expecting it to be a great film. It's not a great film. It's just a good movie if you want to, like, shove some popcorn in your face and you want to laugh a little bit here and there, you're a fan of the old series, you want to see what they're doing nowadays, that kind of a thing, you'll probably enjoy this more than you did the other movie that came before this because it doesn't have anywhere near as many problems. It's structurally a far better movie. But it just ain't that 1990 movie, you know what I mean? And where do we go from here? They are setting up a third movie. It seems like we're going to get... Shredder and Krang involved, which I hope maybe we'll get that fly version of Baxter Stockman. Maybe we're going to get the Mousers and the Robot Foot Clan and all that other kind of stuff. That'd be kind of cool. I'm going to see a third movie. You know, I was disappointed after the first Ninja Turtles, and I thought maybe I wouldn't watch this. I ended up going a little bit earlier than normal. I usually go, like, opening night release. Decided to wait a little bit and get a cheaper seat 10 a.m. the next day. Very glad I only spent 7 bucks instead of 18 but, um, yeah, I uh, I think I'm going to be seeing a third movie unless they show the trailers and it looks god-awful. But I would recommend this to everybody who falls under the same kind of category. You're somebody who was a fan of the old stuff and you want to kind of keep it going and all that. If you're not, and this is just a movie that you are going to be forced to see or something like that, you might not end up liking it all that much. But gets a hit from me. I'm curious what you guys have to say, though. I want you to leave your comments below and tell me if you think that they were 
positives that I didn't mention, if there were negatives I didn't mention, if you liked what I didn't like, you didn't like what I did like, whatever the case may be, and what you think of this new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, uh, always hit that thumbs up button too to give me an indication that you guys are following all this kind of stuff and that you like the content here. The more likes we get, the more we're going to end up trying to do stuff. And of course, subscribe if you haven't already and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And that'll be it for this review point. Thank you all for listening, everybody. It's time for me to geek out. Adios.